Wow. Thank you, um, Minister Phil and Voice of Hope. I think sometimes we can forget that God is the greatest power. That, that means that no matter how big our situation, no matter how huge the obstacle, no matter how major the storm. God is greater than all of that. And that because of that, that we will never be defeated. That by itself is good news. And I'm hoping that that's encouraging somebody this morning to remind yourself. Matter of fact, right in the chat, just put right in there, I will never be defeated. Just, just put it in there and, and put it in there until you believe it for yourself. Because guess what? The devil is a liar, and God is exalted, and we will never be defeated. That right there is worth the price of admission. That right there, that little nugget, that little reminder, I believe that's all that somebody needed to hear right in this moment, right where you are. Don't you give up. Don't you quit. The fight is fixed. Just hang in there. You will not be defeated. Um, listen, y'all, I want to preach this one, if you don't mind. And if we can just pray, even before I get started, um, let's just go to God and pray. God, in Jesus' name, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, God, for that reminder, God, that no matter what comes up against us, no matter how formidable our foe may appear to be, if God is for us, God, it is more than the world against us. And we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And God, we thank you. Because of that, we know that as your children, that we will never be defeated. Now, God, in Jesus' name, touch me in this moment. God, touch those who are watching, listening. And I'm believing, God, that when it is all said and done, that we will leave out encouraged, uplifted, healed, delivered, saved, God, that whatever your children stand in need of in this moment, God, I ask God that you would deliver to them, literally, special delivery, give them what they need. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Listen, y'all, I want to preach this morning, if you don't mind, uh, I want to use as a sermon topic, word up, word uh, and I want to look at the scripture of Matthew, the 14th chapter, looking at verses uh, 23 through 33. And it says, it says, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the winds because the waves were against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sing, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, 
Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, uh, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiping him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Word up. Uh, brothers and sisters, we hear it all the time that there is power in words. But to go a step further, I, I believe there's even more power in a word that has been given to us straight from the mouth of God. That word has the power to uproot what was meant to destroy. It has the power to build what was meant to be torn down. You see, when God gives us a word, it comes with unlimited possibilities that connect us to an impossible purpose. If we are honest, where we are and who we are does not necessarily match up with what we've come out of. The abuse, the traumas, the dysfunction. But God spoke a word over all of us that has kept the enemy's hand from controlling our outcomes. God's word constantly reminds us that what was meant for evil, God has time and time again turned around for our good. And the problem that many of us experience is that the word is also surrounded by storms and stones. Storms that cause us to doubt God's word and stones that cause us to run from God's word. The battles and the fights and the struggles that tend to weaken our immune system of its courage and its fearlessness. It begins to eat away at our faith, threaten our hope, and redirect our callings. But we must always remember that God's word is the same today, yesterday, and forever. God's word is not situational, nor is it circumstantial. God's word is not under the authority of whatever challenges that we may face. God's word is predetermined. It is premeditated. It is preordained. God's word is the embodiment of Jeremiah 1 that says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. In other words, before you got here, God already knew why you would be here. Before you showed up on the scene, God already knew the role that you would play in this thing called life. God took into account everything you would encounter before you even muttered your first words. God calculated every obstacle you would face before you even took your first step. So whatever God has spoken to you, just know that although you may just be hearing it, that God had already spoken it to the universe before you had ears to hear and a mouth to speak. In 1986, there was an RB group by the name of Cameo that came up with the song, Word Up. Uh, in the chorus, they say, Word Up, everybody say, when you hear the call, you got to get it underway. Word Up, it's the cold word. No matter where you say it, you know that you'll be heard. And this morning, I need you to start telling yourself, Word Up. You see, 
uh, word up means whatever uh, you know God told you is more than enough to help you stand up to all the adversities that attempt to rob you of your implausible, incredible, and inconceivable blessings that God has commanded for your life. And, and we see it right here in the text where Peter dares to accept the call he hears from Jesus that gets him out of the boat walking on water in the midst of turbulent winds. It, it only took a word that gave him the faith to attempt the impossible. And I believe that in the midst of whatever challenges that we may be facing, that all we need is a word from God to cause us to do something that may seem crazy to everybody else, but because of the origin of the word, because of where the word was birthed, we are willing to walk on water just because we want to get a little closer to Jesus. And so this morning, I just need you to tell yourself, word up. And I want to share a few meanings of what it means when we say that and how we can walk in the power of a word up spirit. The first thing we see in this text is that word up means we got to ask the important question. I think what is important to notice in this text is that we don't see Peter just jumping out of the boat with good intentions or, or making a decision solely based on his emotions or his feelings. In verse 28, it says, Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Let's take a minute uh, to just focus on Peter's first five words. Lord, if it is you. Can, can I at least get 10, 10 folks to admit that had we asked that question, Lord, if it is you, regarding a past decision that we made and had waited for a response, it may have kept us out of so much unnecessary drama and mess. But the truth is, many of us never asked the question until we found ourselves sinking and drowning because the word we got didn't come from Jesus, but it came from our own desires, our own eagerness, and our own impatience. We, we jump off the boat into a relationship we never ask, Lord, if it's you. We, we jumped off the boat and, onto another job where we never ask, Lord, if it's you. We, we, we jumped off the boat into a predicament that got us caught up into some stuff that we never thought we'd get caught up in because we never ask, Lord, if it's you. And, and the first time God heard from us was in the aftermath of decisions that we did not include him in, but now needed him to save us from sinking under the overwhelming consequences connected to some of our bad choices. You see, word up is only credible when the word we are following actually comes from God. Peter was smart enough to ask the important question, Lord, if it's you. And Jesus answered, come. So Peter walked on the water, not because of what he thought he could do, but because of what Jesus told him he could do. We got to stop making our word try to match up with God's word and then get upset when our word doesn't match up with God's will. We can't play victim when the things come falling apart and try to blame everybody else except ourselves for not asking God if what we want is what God wills. 
because any decision made outside of God's will is a disaster just waiting to happen. So I'm, I'm begging and pleading with y'all in this next season, I'm praying that we will have the courage to ask God if it's you before making our next move and having the patience to wait until we receive an answer from God. The question that itself has the ability to save us from future heartaches. It has the ability to keep us out of more uh, trouble. It has the ability to protect us from unforeseen dangers. The question that itself gives us an assurance that the word that we are chasing after is not setting us up for failure, but it is setting us up for success. If it's a word from God, we know it's a word that can be trusted because God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. He has, has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it out? The old saints used to say it like this. If God said it, that settles it, and I believe it. All I need to know, if it's you, just ask the important question, and then you can stand with your chest out and say, word up. Yeah, yeah. the second thing, the second thing the text teaches us is that word up means we got to keep our eyes on the word and not on the wind. And, and verse 29 says, then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, Save me. Two things I'd like to call attention uh, to before I directly deal with the point. Uh, uh, one, the wind was already an issue before Peter got out of the boat. Remember in verse 24 it says the boat was buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So the wind wasn't what caused Peter to sink because the wind was already there. It was his inability to control his own fears. Two, Peter had already started walking on the water prior to him sinking. That lets us know that he was actually doing what was impossible, that the only thing that changed was where he was looking. It says when he saw the wind, he began to sink, which suggests that his eyes had previously been fixed on something else besides the wind. This leads us to conclude that at some point during the miracle, Peter stopped looking at the word and started looking at the wind. And it was his change of view that started his downfall. The, the, the word he had received from Jesus was to come. And as long as he kept his eyes on the word he had gotten, he was able to move in a realm associated to the command of that word. But not only did Peter lose sight of the command of the word, that Jesus gave him, but he actually lost sight of the word itself. Let me, let me help y'all here try to explain. The Bible says in John 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. It, it goes on to say the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. You see, Jesus is the fulfillment of the word. So Peter not only forgot the word that he had been given, but he also took his eyes off the one who was the word made flesh. And sometimes we get amnesia and we forget what it was that God told us and we let the winds of life, the distractions and the doubts and the diversions take center stage while losing sight of the word uh, uh, that through him all things were made. Check this out. 
the wind was made by the word. So don't ever give more authority to the thing that was created, but keep your faith and trust in the creator. Don't let the wind get in the way of what you know God spoke to you, over you, and through you. That word has power. That word has influence. That word has rule and sovereignty over any other thing that may come up against you. It is in our word up that we are able to rise up, stand up, and live up to every promise God has given us. Just keep your eyes on the word and not the wind. Matter of fact, just tell yourself, stop looking at the wind. The, the wind is where you will lose focus, but just keep your eyes on the prize. Just keep your eyes on the word. Last thing, and I'm going to get out of here, the last thing we see in this text is that word up means even when we fail, the word always gives us another chance. Uh, uh, <laughs> I said, even when we fail, even when we mess up, either when we fall, either when we sin, the word always gives us another chance. You don't believe me. Let, let me show you. Although Peter started walking on water and came toward Jesus, he did not fully make it to Jesus. As he started sinking, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught him, and it says, you a little faith. Why did you doubt? And then verse 32, it says, and this is where I want to close. This is where I want to focus my clothes on. It says, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Uh, okay, I think y'all missed it. Um, um, so I'm going to say it again. Verse 32, it says, uh, it says, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. All right, y'all still ain't getting it. Y'all going to make me work hard because I'm here by myself. But I ain't going to let y'all bully me. I'm going to say it one more time. I said, in verse 32, it says, and when they climbed in the boat, the wind died down. So, so Peter failed to make it to Jesus because fear set in and he began to sink. But I feel like there's a piece of the scripture that's missing because it goes on to say that Jesus caught him and that they climbed back into the boat. The part that I think is important to note is what is it mentioned from the time Jesus reached out his hand and caught Peter to when they climbed into the boat? How? How did Peter get back in the boat? It, it doesn't say that they swam back to the boat. It, it doesn't say that the disciples that were on the boat threw Peter a life jacket. So the most logical thing that we can come up with, the, the only thing that makes sense is that Jesus and Peter walked on the water back to the boat. The very thing that Peter failed at the first time, the word gave him another chance. <laughs> and because he understood the power of holding on to his word, he was able to do what he initially could not do. I promise you, that's what I call not just good news, but that is great news, not the least. It is exactly what someone watching at this very moment needed to hear. Stop getting so upset at your failures, at your mistakes, at the things that you didn't do. But you need to start to get excited for the opportunity that the word will give you another chance. We've never gone too far that God can't reach us, redeem us, restore us, forgive us, and give us another chance.
Whatever the word God spoke over your life, it does not have an expiration date. It cannot be rescinded. It cannot be annulled or nullified. Isaiah 55, 11 says it like this. So will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They will not, they will do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. In other words, whatever God told you is still alive and well. And don't you give up on it and don't you quit on it and don't you relinquish it and don't you forget it. Don't you abandon it. Don't you surrender it. But you just hold on to it just like Peter did. Peter failed the first time, but he got back up and he held on to the word and he did that impossible thing. What's your impossible thing that God has spoken over your life? God never speaks to us in things that we can accomplish by ourselves. Every word God gives us, he gives us that word because without that word, we can't do it. Hold on to the word. Don't let go of the word. If he told you start the business and you failed the first time, give it another chance. If he told you go back to school and, and something happened, go back. It, 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 whatever God told you, I don't care how many times you failed, if God spoke it, that's all that matters. Just hold on to the word. And one day you'll look up and you'll find yourself walking <laughs> on water again. You'll find yourself doing the thing that you had failed because you held on to the word. Word up. I remember being a little boy at Paranormal Baptist Church in Southeast. The Aaronite Gospel Choir would sing this song, and Brother Alfred would lead us saying, I won't worry. I won't fret. God has never failed me yet. I'm going to keep on trusting because his word is true. He's already done what he said he would do. And I just want to say that to somebody this morning. Don't you worry. Don't you fret, because God has never failed you yet. Just keep on trusting, because God's word is true. He's already done what he said he would do. Don't you give up. Word up. Word up. Word up. Listen, somebody watching, one, I, wanna, I want you I want to challenge you this morning. I want you. I want to challenge you to reflect on what word God has told you. It now, even though God told you, you failed. Fear set in. You got distracted by the winds. And, and what you attempted to do, you didn't do. But the thing is, not only did you fail, you gave up. This morning, God is telling me directly to you, right where you are. God is talking directly to you. Don't look around. Don't look to the left or to the right. He is talking directly to you. That word is still alive. And it must be completed. I don't know what it was, but I'm telling you right now, write it down. The Bible says, make the vision plain. Write it down. And I, and I dare you to try it again. And I believe that even in a pandemic, see, a pandemic is not an excuse not to do what God told you to do. You can't say, well, when this is over. No, uh-uh. 
God knew the pandemic would be here before you were even born. So it was already in the plan. This, this is God's work. Whatever that word is, I want you to hold on to it. And I want you to do it again. And I'm believing that they're going to be testimonies. I'm talking about major testimonies that are going to come from this day, the day that you made a decision to give God another chance. And the truth is, God's really just giving you another chance to do it. Like Nike says, just do it. Also, somebody you may not be saved, you've never given your life to Christ, and right now you feel something. You, you know that God's speaking to you. God is, God is speaking a word to you right now, telling you you need to give your life to Christ. You need to accept, accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. Don't run from it, run to it. It would be the greatest decision that you ever make in your life. All, all we're asking you to do is just to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life and to realize that he has forgiven you for all of your sins. He died on the cross when you God raised him from the dead so that you could be saved, so that you could have a relationship, so that you could live on his word. And his word says that he came to give us life. Not just any old life, but life more abundantly. The life that you've been living is not the life that you were set up for. But when you give your life to Christ, you'll notice a change. Matter of fact, if I can get some folks just to raise their hand uh, in the chat and just say, I, 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 I know about the change. I, I know about the change when Jesus came into my heart. So right where you are, you can give your life to Christ right now, right now, right now. Don't, don't think about it. Don't let the enemy try to play mind games with you. No, right now. Right now, give your life to Christ. Or if you need to rededicate your faith, you've been slipping. You ain't really been locked in like you should be. And the, and the truth is, y'all, I'm being real. During a pandemic, this stuff can cause you to feel some kind of way. It can, it can have you slipping into some dark places and, and, and not praying like you used to, not reading your word like you used to, not, not focused like you used to. But, but today... Just, just tell yourself, you know what, God, I want to rededicate my faith. I don't want to keep doing this. I feel myself going down a slippery slope, and I need, I need to get back. And just like Peter did, Peter screamed out, Lord, save me. Somebody right now, rededicate your faith and just tell God, God, save me. Save me from, from all this stuff that I've been doing I've been, I, or haven't been doing. I, I need you. And, that, and that's what we're believing today. That's, that's what I wanted to share with y'all today. Listen, word up. <laughs> word up. We got this. Continue to hope. Love y'all. Thanking God for y'all. Continue to keep your pastor lifted up. Don't forget this week, this Sunday coming up, not today, next Sunday, this Sunday coming up, not today. Uh, free grocery giveaway. Make sure you let folks know. We want to make sure that everybody is eating. Amen. We want to make sure everybody is fed. All of this means nothing if people physically are not fed because they don't even have it in them to be able to receive spiritual food when there is no physical food. So let's make sure that people are eating uh, this Sunday. Coming up, uh, we will be at Iverson uh, at 10 o'clock. So get there and let folks know. Uh, and then also, y'all, don't forget, we can do these grocery giveaways because you all have been a blessing to us in your giving to the community of hope. We are able to do the things that we're able to do because you are faithful givers. If you haven't had a chance to give yet, make sure that you give. And you can go do it cash out. You can go do it on Givelify. You can go do it on the website. Whatever you need to do, y'all make sure to give. Um, and then 
All I want to say is thank y'all. I love y'all. God bless y'all. Have an awesome and an amazing week. And stay connected to your word. Let's pray. God, in Jesus' name, we just want to say thank you. We thank you, God, for those who gave their life to Christ. We thank you, God, for those who rededicated their faith. God, we thank you, God, for those who have been encouraged. We thank you, God, for those who are going to try again. We thank you, God, for those who are telling themselves, I can do this. Word up. Now, God, in Jesus' name, bless all others, keep us, strengthen us, empower us. God, so that we are not selfish Christians that do this thing just for us, that recognizing and realizing that every blessing that you give, you expect us to bless somebody with it. So God, help us to go out and share with a dying world that Jesus still lives. So God, we thank you. God, we come lifting up, God, the family of Brother Jacob Blake, asking God that you would touch that family, touch him. And God, we're believing that justice shall come. Now, God, in Jesus' name, have your way in the rest of our lives, in the rest of this week, in Jesus' name, amen. C-O-H, word up. Ching.